You are listening to Cafecito con Magali and Glenda podcast, a place for empowerment, fitness, beauty, music, Latino culture, and so much more. Welcome back. Today we have a guest all the way from the UK, Patricia Manley. We connected with Patricia because her podcast was also featured on latinascreate.org for 20 podcasts produced by Latina creators. So we have Patricia here today to tell us more about her podcast and to get to know her. Welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm super excited to be with you. And I say the other day, it's such an honor to be in that in that list with you, ladies, <laughs> because it was the same thing. It was like a discovery thing. And then I listened to your podcast and I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm sitting next to them chatting with them so it was really really good to see you so thank you so much for this yes Uh, thank you so much for making the time for us just so thrilled that you are here let's get started by you telling us a little bit about your journey from Venezuela to the UK yes well yes as you say Glenda I'm originally from Venezuela I grew up there went to university did all the things but I think at some point but I always say I always wanted to travel around the world. I always was had that interest of what was going on outside. And I have the feeling since very early years that I wasn't going to spend the rest of my life in my country, in my hometown, which is Caracas, is the capital. But I didn't know how, when that was going to happen or anything like that. And Finished university, went to a really good job, started working in a telco. I broke up with my boyfriend at that time. And I thought, well, I, you know, I have two options. Either I do a master's degree and I, you know, like get better in that area or I'm going and learn English. And it's, it's a language that I always wanted to learn because it's really important. I work in technology. Currently, I'm working in a video streaming company in Germany and Obviously, English is really important for my profession. And obviously, that was going to give me an expansion of going to different places, find a new job, et cetera, et cetera. So I decided to give you a go for six months in theory. But then I sold everything. I Well, sold everything was my car because you live with your parents. You know how it is in Latin America. You live with mm-hmm. your parents, you get married. Otherwise, at least at that time, otherwise, do you ever <laughs> think about going and live with a guy before you get married? <laughs> and yeah I sold everything and quit my job and then I came into uh, English just for English so my plan was six months I was going to learn English and then I was going back with no plan B to be honest with you plan B was like well I, I will find another job and then I arrived here and I really really love Europe in general I absolutely love the multiculturalism the different countries like how quick was going traveling from one country to the other country and going to different different things um, and different languages and different landscapes and things like that. So I moved here. Um, while I was learning English, I decided to start applying for, for jobs just, you know, after four months and apply, 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 apply. And suddenly someone called me from Madrid, Spain. I have an interview there. They offered me a job and I moved there. And I moved there, didn't like the job at all. They offered me something and that was a completely different experience. And also being from Venezuela and all the visa situation and all that kind of like the legal things, it's kind of like a difficult. 
they weren't going to help me at all. But something happened that one of the interviews in that process, they called me back and they say, we want you to work with us, but it's a project in England. And I'm like, what are the chance that I'm going back to England? And they, um, I say to them, that is brilliant, but I need a working visa. I don't have any working visa or anything like that. And they say to me, well, tell me what we need to do. And I just send them like, this is what you need to do. And they were like, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Um, version of how I finished in UK. UK was never ever in my horizon because, you know, like is it English, is it in, in, in English and very difficult at that time to find a working visa because they didn't have any structure like they have right now. So what I, you know, you can think uh, act of luck that these companies say, yes, let's, yeah, let's do it. And they did it. So I came back. And 17 years later, I'm here, um, have a family, have two kids, have a British um, husband. And yeah, I absolutely love him living in, in the UK. But that's the story. Yeah, the most amazing things happen after a breakup. You know, I know, I know right? Like, it's kind of like, oh, I'm so sad. But what's coming is so much better. I know it yeah. sucks. Breaks, breakups always suck, but just what's coming and the unknown and it shows you what you're capable of. So absolutely. Absolutely. I always say to my friends where they are in that situation, like cry, do whatever, like, you know, cry as much as you want, eat all the ice cream that you want. But trust me, don't stay in that state for such a long time because after like in the future you're going to say wow why has been so time feeling that bad if now I'm so good because we always learn from those experiences and I always thank that guy that we we finished our <laughs> like thank you it, it changed your life it was like a rebirth yes absolutely and that is really good that you mentioned that because for me it was literally like that I grew as a person massively because I went totally out of my comfort zone. I was with no network, not friends, nothing here, like zero. And I was all by my own. I have to learn kind of like cook, cooking for myself, living and sharing, a, you know, sharing a house with other people that, that was never heard in my country. For example, like you living in a room with other people, it's just like what having roommates, it's just like you either have your own place or you live with your parents, but that thing of sharing bathrooms and sharing rooms is like no way um and I have to learn a lot of things and and even when I came here I, I work in a in a bar at the beginning in a pop as they call it here <laughs> and that was an amazing experience and I I work in a wine bar that was another really good ex- experience and I have so much fun during that time learning like newer skills and yeah. understanding how what what was the meaning of a shandy or a, you know, or screwdriver, drink, and those kind of things. What did your parents say when you told them, I'm moving to another country? What were their thoughts? I think, well, they were devastated. And they say that the, the day that I left, they knew that everything was going to change and actually everything changed in a way. But they knew that I wanted to do that because I told them since early, like 11, 12, that I wanted to travel and live in another, you know, being my mom being my mom, super overprotective, you know, Latina mom. Was like, <laughs> are you crazy? You get married and then you decide what you want to do. And you have a career as well. That was the other thing. But those things, those concepts about 
having a like an interchange year in secondary school or something like that yeah. you know that all the kids uh were doing during my time that was like no 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 in like ever so <laughs> they were very supportive they always support everything that I, I do um but they were very sad what made you decide to go to the United Kingdom as opposed to going to the United States because oh. I feel like most people most Latinos go where it's comfortable and I feel like the United States is more comfortable than the UK so I was just very curious I don't think I've heard of a lot of Latinas in the United Kingdom so I was yeah. like oh yeah. really so tell me more I well I have to be honest I never I never feel attracted by uh, the state ever like going to going for holidays is kind of like nice but I never feel like oh I will absolutely love leaving there one of the things for example like from Venezuela we used to travel or Venezuelan people used to travel a lot to Florida to Miami but for me going to Miami was like to go into a gigantic shopping center <laughs> because seriously because that is what people was doing all the time going to shopping centers spend a lot of money you know like going to from a shopping center to a shopping center and buy everything so for me like the typical destination for Venezuelans at that time was going to Miami and that for me was like Disney or shopping centers nothing like really attract me and what I really like about Europe was that possibility that you you are able to travel to different countries what I say before different countries different cultures different things like in 45 minutes like in 45 minutes you're in Germany and looks completely different to the to the UK and in an hour well not hour um, I think two and a half hours by train you all go from central London to central Paris you know like completely different and that possibility was amazing and from from Latin America it's very difficult to even travel around Latin America it's really expensive for, mm-hmm. for me going to Brazil for example that is our neighbor country it was as expensive as coming here Wow. You know, coming to Madrid, those kind of things. So I thought, well, let's go as far as possible and see and see as many countries as possible. I think that was the totally. It's funny that you mentioned that President of El Salvador is trying to do something very similar where you can go through all the Central American countries through a train. It would be easier and tourism right. would just go up. So that's one of his goals to accomplish before his term is over is to get a train that goes through Central America and South America, you know, so people can do that. And so he's taking notes from from Europe. That is amazing. That will be incredible. The amount of movement that, you know, the amount of new businesses and new things that all those countries will will be able to do will be amazing. And it will enrich the experience of everybody, every country, I think, if it's managed well. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. So it just reminded me when you mentioned that, how you can move through countries so fast, all the countries are very small. So it would be very easy to do something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Patricia, tell us about your podcast. I am Antoana, which we love. I am Antoana, I think was an, a project that I have in my head, but I couldn't put it together because of lack of time. And as I say before, I am a mom of two. I work full time in a tech company. Also have my own business. I I have an online business that I'm running. So for me, having another thing was like, oh, I can't do it. 
But then I realized in December 2020 that I have so much conversations with, with people like you guys, like such a nice conversations. And I have been learning from a lot of people around me, a lot of women around me. And I also realized that the majority of my friends were, were immigrants. Right. Um, you know, I have a few people from England, nothing wrong with English people, by the way. I absolutely love, I mean, my whole family here from my in-laws are an English and they're amazing. But it happened that the majority of my friends were immigrants and we have conversations and, you know, they called you and are asking for help and things like that, especially when you have a lot, long time in the country, then it's like, how you did this, how you did that. And I, I was thinking, well, I have so many conversations and I was doing some stuff in my um, IGTV, in, in my Instagram account. But I, I felt that that wasn't getting like the impact that I wanted to have. And then in December, I was thinking, well, maybe a podcast. And then my best friend, she lives in Canada and I, we have an amazing relationship, long, long French relationship because she's in Canada and I'm here. Um, I called her and I say, look, I'm going to run an idea. What do you think about me doing a podcast? And she was like, finally, <laughs> finally, you say yes. Because she was kind of like talking to me a little bit. And I'm like, no, no. And she also have her own podcast. And I say, okay, give me the non-Kool-Aid version of having a podcast. Don't, don't tell me like, it's amazing. You do this. <laughs> it's like, what do I need to do? You know, because I know it's work to do involve around. And she literally gave me like the top tips. Okay, do this, get this microphone, do this, 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 this. You know, she gave me all the shortcuts. And I'm like, okay, yep, let's do it. And literally in a week, I did everything. You know, following that, I got the microphone. Then I have a picture. Then I went to come back. You know, all the little things. I started investigating things because she told me. And then literally in a week, I, I say, yeah, let's, let's do this. And I start thinking about how to do it. So that was how it's the operation of my podcast started, <laughs> right? And I didn't think a lot about it. And I think that was one of the things I always say to people. If you want to do something, like really go for it. Like take yeah. action. Because otherwise you can be thinking about something for years and years and years and nothing happened. And then you go back and you're like five years thinking about podcasts and then, you know, it's oversaturated or whatever. So I was like, I'm going to do it. That's how it was for Glenda and I. We had the idea. We didn't know anybody. At least you had somebody to ask questions. Yeah, exactly. And we were like, okay, we just researching, Googling. And we started it without knowing how to do everything. So we didn't know how to edit. So Glenda would play the music. We would speak into the microphones and play the music like on our, you know, our cell phone or our laptop. And oh then just God. be like, you're listening to, that's how we would do it. It was so <laughs> funny. And little by little, we just started learning as we went. We started making more friends and connecting with other women that are doing podcasts. And that's, that's how it's been. It's been over a year now. That is amazing. That's the thing. And look at you now, all professional. <laughs> if you look at these ladies, they're all like looking amazing and running interviews galore so that is amazing so that was the way that it started now um why I wanted to start it as I say before I really wanted to share all my lesson learned during those 17 years like as a first generation immigrant in the UK I wanted to uh, highlight 
other immigrants, either first or second generation, because I think second generations also have their own story because they have these, like they are in between two worlds, right? Like what happened at home and what happened outside. Um, and I wanted to highlight them and show to everybody that what is possible, what you can do, um, regardless of the fact that you are um, an immigrant or anything like that. And, and that is what I wanted to do, to share those lesson learns with, with everybody and hoping that they were, that people is not going to spend as much time as I did in some stages of my life. I love to hear other people's stories. I love to hear their journey, especially immigrants, first generation, second generation, like you said, because there's something valuable to every single person's story. And every single person's story is so different. Yeah. Yeah. And you're bringing a completely different perspective from a completely different world that we know nothing about. You know, it's just amazing to listen to. And I just love how you're doing that. Thank you so much. And the other thing that I wanted to do is I didn't want to just tell the stories of people. It's like, because it's it's really nice to listen to all these stories but sometimes we are like, yes, but that is because he's Maggie. Or yeah, that is Glenda. Obviously, yeah, they can do it. I can't. I wanted to give like practical tips. It's like how to take action. Hopefully that is show through the episode. But he's like, okay, I like this story of Glenda. Like, but now how I'm going to do it. And that is what part of what I wanted to I wanted to do as well. And sometimes our own story doesn't seem that inspirational to ourselves. But to somebody else, it they take a little away from it and it helps them in their journey. And we don't even know that because sometimes we have people reaching out and they're like, oh my gosh, this episode that you said this and this, and it really helped me or I needed to hear that. And that's what's so special about it because we don't know ourselves sometimes when we are inspiring somebody else. Yes. And that was a point that I was thinking, I have so many conversations, so amazing ordinary what people would say ordinary people that are living an extraordinary life because extraordinary doesn't mean that you have you know x amount of followers in instagram or you have the car or the looks or the money or that kind of thing like living an extraordinary life for everybody is different and you know it's people that i admire of that i i feel like they're amazing and i wanted just to show if that person can do it you can as well so just go and grab the opportunity and do it. And, and that is part of what, what I create um, Mantuana. Yeah, I am Mantuana. Can you tell us what Mantuana means? Right, that is a really, there's a really good story. Um, as I say before, I'm from Caracas, Venezuela. And in there, there was in the 18th century, it's a little bit long, but, but stay with me, okay? Um, <laughs> in the 18th centuries, there was this society called Mantuanos. And there were kind of like unique society in Venezuela and specifically in Caracas, the capital. Think people like Simón Bolívar, which was one of the most famous heroes in Latin America. He liberated more than five countries, or five or seven countries, I don't remember now, five, seven countries in Latin America. And um, Mantuanos are like a combination of native people with Spanish people. So those people became very, very rich. They were, uh, they were the owners of uh, all the land. in and, But particularly for women, all the Mantuanas, they were like very special, and especially in the sense that they were going to church and they were the only ones using like throw on top of the head. 
So that was that distinction between Mantuanos and the rest of the people. They they used to have an entourage of people, like a lot of helpers and things like that. And they were going around with those. And I, I read a story about these women have a tinkling, like a little bells under their dresses. So every time that they were walking, people knew that Amantuana was, was, was coming. So I, I was fascinated by that story. And I turned that, that into a modern Mantuana. And it's someone that when they come to a room, like they illuminate the room. You know, when, when you are in a restaurant and then someone come and then you're like, wow, she looks amazing. Like but not presence. necessarily. Exactly. That is my point. Not the presence. It's just the aura, like the energy that you're like, wow, this, this, this lady is amazing. Nothing to do with looks, with with the hair that you know that body or anything like that uh, more about that energy that you have from from within and and that is done again as a work from within outside because I truly believe and I went through a lot of a lot of um, phases in my life when I didn't like myself didn't like my body didn't like a lot of things and then I have to learn of that the moment that you start believing and you start looking in the mirror and seeing yeah I like myself people start like you I, you know, it's the, you are starting attracting all that, and it's nothing to do what how you look. It's like what you believe about you. So the podcast, as I said before, is about helping those women to realize that they have a mantuana inside, that they can be amazing in whatever they do, that they can have that energy and that light inside of them and show show that light to everybody. And as I say, hopefully shorter the time the amount of time that they they are that state and they move into a better version of themselves and that is kind of like the concept the twist that i did of the concept of mantuana but why mantuana as well is because i'm from caracas and live all my life there i'm not my parents they weren't rich or anything like that but i was privileged i have the privilege to go to university so if you think about Venezuela right now, I'm back when I was um, studying, like 80% of the population is, is uh, poor. And there was just 20% of people that like middle class was probably 15 and then 5% are the rich and et cetera. And I was in that 20% because my parents have the opportunity to send me to a private university. They pay all my, my studies. So that is a privilege. Having that is a privilege in my country, being able to study whatever I wanted to do and not whatever, like the only option that I have, things like that. So in a way, I feel like a Mantuana because of that. So that is the concept that I put together. That's amazing. That was a great explanation. I loved it. You mentioned you had a business, an online business that you were working on. Can you go into a little bit about your online business? A few years ago, I found myself after my second um my second baby, Grace, I came back to work and I realized that, you know, I sit down in one of the meetings and I was like, what I'm doing here? Like there are more important things in, in life that this meeting talking about a report that we need to keep to the CEO of the company. You know what I mean? You get to that point, like, what is this? Like, is this going to be my life for forever? Like I need to rush in the morning, put the kids into like school, nursery, daycare at that time, um, rush into London because I was living outside London, work, work, work really hard, then come back in a rush as well, put in the bed, watch TV, watch TV with my husband for probably an hour and then sleep and then repeat. 
and repeat and repeat. And I was like, I have to be more in life than this. This can't be my life for the rest of my life until I retire that by the, you know, how things are going, probably I will retire by the age of 70, all of us, you know? And I was like, I need to find another way. And, but three things I didn't have. I didn't have the money to invest in, in a business from scratch. I didn't have a clue how to start a business in, in the UK. And I didn't have the time because I wasn't in a position to reduce my hours, go part time or work three times a, a week because I was at the time the, bring, the breadwinner of the house. You know, I couldn't do that. And then this company called Arban arrived into totally online and it's all about health and wellness, something that I'm super passionate about it. So I started working with them with no experience. It's a partnership that I have with them, no experience at all. I started using the products, absolutely fell in love with them. Um, I start seeing results in myself and I start talking about it, recommending to other people. And then in some way, somehow people start kind of like, oh, what are you using? I like, you know, how your hair is looking. What, you know, you, I changed my relationship with food via a plan that I did with them. And I haven't died in my whole, in the last six, seven years, I haven't done a diet ever again. And I was the queen of diet. It's a long story. Um, yeah, long story. But it changed a lot. And I start genuinely into what is this healthy living lifestyle that I totally believe and super advocated about everybody should have a, um, a good relationship with food and that kind of thing. And that's true them. So from one side, they have amazing products that I use all of them. I recommend everything that I use. And from the other side, I help all the people to start their own business from scratch, from zero and, and grow their own, um, you know, additional incomes from their side. So it, it gave me a lot of satisfaction because from one side, I help people from the inside and from the outside uh, with the products and teaching, teaching people how to eat and how to use things that are better for, for the environment and for themselves. And from the other side, I also help people from the financial side, if they want to start and grow their own business from scratch, not knowing anything. And there as a kind of like business coach. And I, I show them all the things that I did for them to, to do it as well. And the plan at the end of the day is to be able to retire myself from corporate very soon and be able to do my podcast and do the things that I really, really love. And obviously spend more time with my family, which is like number one priority uh, always. I absolutely love that. Yes, we know what that's like. And Glenda and I talk about health and fitness all the time. And I was just telling her earlier, I was like, I've been really good on what I've been eating. And for me, it's not about diet because I have gut issues. So even oh, yeah. some vegetables I can't eat, even though vegetables are healthy, but to me, I can't eat, you know, broccoli, for example, it's too harsh. Health and fitness is huge. And especially now there's so many different diets. There's keto, there's the Palau, there's vegan. Yeah. vegan. Oh Glenn, yeah. Glenda is doing vegan. There's just so many different things to try. It's a big deal. Like it's a big part of our lives, but it's also so consuming and it could be so yeah. stressful, but it's, yeah. it's important to be healthy. Yeah, totally. I, I, as I say before, I was the queen. I was the queen of diets. I tried everything from the age of 15. I mean, I don't know if you know, but in Venezuela, we are famous for two things, oil we produce a lot of oil or we used to I don't know now <laughs> and uh, beauty queens so you know it's a society that is very much around beauty and how how we look and how you know like 
at least my perception was that everybody should look like a Miss Venezuela, you know, and that put a lot of pressure into girls that they are beautiful, not, not doubt about it, but it's a lot of pressure. So from the age of 15, I, I died every single one. And they, the ones are now keto, this one and this one, I, I try, but they, they have different names. <laughs> but I think you need to find the one that works for you. That is the thing, because a lot of people have success with everything, but I think it's important to find something that is sustainable over time. Because doing doing a specific one for a specific target, you want to lose this, or you're going to a wedding, or you're going on holiday and you want to lose weight, that is brilliant. Do whatever you need to do, that is fine. But find something that is sustainable. So that will allow you to have that healthy living rather than live all your life on a diet. That, that, is, that is the, the key. But well, yeah. that is another, I told you, don't ask me about that because I will be talking forever about that. <laughs> on one of your episodes, you talked about the miracle morning and I loved it. I'm a morning person. I do a lot of things in the morning. I'll get up early. I start work at nine, but by nine, I've already journaled, already exercised. I've already cooked. I've already made like breakfast, lunch, tons of things. When you were talking about the miracle morning and how you said, I don't have time to do everything at the miracle morning, but you made it fit somehow. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. Well, I don't know if, if people that are listening know what is the meaning of miracle morning, but basically in a, in a quick bite, um, this was like a theory that um, a guy, I don't remember the, na- the name now, but anyway, his book is called The Miracle Morning. Um, half, he have an accident. And he, they say that he wasn't going to be able to walk. And then he start thinking about, well, what, how can I get out of this? And one of the things I, he started doing was these set of activities in the morning that was setting off his day in such a way that he claimed that he went out of, you know, the healthy issues. And now he's a father, he's a public speaker, and a lot of people is doing that. But what is a miracle morning means is waking up a little bit early and do a lot, few activities for you. And I think setting up your day in that way is such a positive thing because you start the day. It's like you say, Maggie, not everybody is like you. I wasn't a morning person. Glenda, are you a morning person? Uh, I will get up in the morning, but not by choice. (laughs) I won't have a problem getting up. I will do it. But I do enjoy my sleep. <laughs> exactly. It's the same. Like, I'm, I'm still the same. Like, I'm not a morning person, but I understood the importance. So, yeah. So, what what he, what he this theory um, say is do things like meditation, do things like affirmations that are really important for your brain to start thinking in that more positive way. Do things like um, visualization. Imagine how your life could be in the future. What is what you want? And there's a lot of theories behind like neuroplasticity and how you actually change the path of your neurons when you do these kind of things and things to start popping and coming into your life. But it's a lot of those the process thought that you put in your mind to, to make that happen and then don't think that everything is just by chance uh, or because you're very lucky. Then you have exercise just to move your body and then you have reading, educate yourself in subjects that are interesting to you or you really enjoy and then scribbling or, or writing like journaling is 
such an important thing as well because you are able to kind of like all your worries or all the things put in in up on a paper and then it's like a release so doing all these activities before everybody wake up sounds crazy but doing it is such a good a good routine and you get to a point that you day to start becoming really really good or you deal better with situations during the day that is the other thing because not you know life is no you know hunty dunty all the time but you can deal better with that things you know mentally you are more prepared with for the day and for, for weeks and things like that so that's the theory now like for people that is listening waking up that the theory is doing at least one hour before so you do 10 minutes of each thing that is easy but not everybody can wake up from six to five o'clock in the morning right like <laughs> really difficult in my case i have kids um before the pandemic i have to jump into a train a specific time because otherwise i wasn't going to arrive at nine o'clock to work so i needed to fit this within my within my day and what happened was now I woke up at 5.30 in the morning, which everybody said, are you crazy? <laughs> um, and I do certain things at that, but it's exactly what you say, Maggie. At the beginning, I was doing everything. And the day that I wasn't going to be able to do it because I, I you know, I, I snoozed the alarm, I was so worried about it because I'm very much like, very like a school girl, like, you know, if I say I was going to do that, I'm going to do it exactly by the dog. And I was feeling really bad. But then I realized that is not the idea of this routine. The idea is to actually do things to set up your day. So I can set up my day being stressed because I couldn't do the six things that in theory I need to do to have a good day, if that makes sense. <laughs> so I feed that around my, my time. So I try to do all of them, but if I can't, the three things I definitely do is meditation, my affirmations, um, exercise. Those are the three minimum things that I do. And it feels amazing. But all is with consistency. You know, at the beginning, it's super hard to wake, waking up early. But once you get into the routine, you know, you can't live without that. You, you feel really like if you don't wake up early, you feel like, oh, you know, the day day when and I, I haven't done anything so it's really really good and I highly recommend that to everybody because the idea good ideas um it's like you say Maggie probably you know if you do journaling and all that kind of thing those your mind is so fresh in the morning that it helps massively doing you know the rest of your day so yeah definitely highly recommend it to everybody that's great. And that's why I love your podcast because all your episodes are different and they have such good information. You had an episode recently with a life coach that talks about, you know, what it is to be a life coach and yeah. all the good things that come with it. And it was really funny how you said, you know, I thought self-help was for losers. You're like, I don't need that oh. area. And it's so funny because when I started reading self-help, I think I had just graduated high school and I would go to that aisle grab the book and read it there, but I would scoot over a little bit. And right next to it was the relationship or sex and intimacy aisle or section. And it was right next to it, but I would just stand like in front of it because I'm like, if anybody sees me, I'm right here in this section, but I'm reading the self-help books <laughs> because there was something to it where I was like, why well, don't want to be judged. But now, you know, everybody's into self-help and it's more acceptable but before it wasn't as popular or known, but we need self-help. 
Yeah, there was just stigma with it. I think that also comes with mental health. Fortunately, now everybody's saying that it's okay, you know, not to be okay. I see it everywhere and everybody's trying to be positive and everybody's trying to get help. Honestly, it's just the fact that we just have to admit it. Exactly. And that is one of the things with the life coach situation as well. I have one the last we have sessions for like a year and a half and something like that. I wish I could continue with them with him, but it was quite expensive to be honest with you. But he, yeah, but he was absolutely worth it. And yeah, what you say, Maddie, is so true. I was such a, yeah, silly person thinking about that. But that was my thoughts. Like, God. And I love reading, but I was reading novels and things like that. But self-help books, please. (laughs) And now I'm the most like, well, if you see my my bookshelf is just full of them because you yeah it's just amazing how you grow as a person when you actually decided to recognize that and look for help there's so much to learn in books and podcasts that's the way we want to tell everybody you know to listen to your podcast I am Antoana head over learn some new stuff that you may not know thank you so much for being here and talking to us I know time is precious these days. So thank you. Thank you. Where can everybody find you? Thank you so much. I have, it has been such a nice conversation. And where can you find me? Well, mainly in Instagram. In Instagram, my handle for my podcast is I am Mantuana. And my personal one, you can also have a look, is La Mantuana UK. And also have my own uh, website is www.la-mantuana.com. And then you can see a little bit more about the story of Mantuana and that kind of thing. But yeah, happy to answer any questions later. Uh, yeah, happy to connect with anybody. Really. Thank you. Bye. Thank everyone. you.